The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Jonathan Dragon Martinez! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous! Listen to me, we're at it! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. My audio may be a little off today. I'm, I don't usually have my, my microphone and all that stuff at home. I'm uh, actually in California right now, so I'm in a hotel. So I apologize uh, if my audio is as bad as my normal content. Um, we have Jeremy Piven today and Jonathan Martinez after that upset over Saeed Nurmagomedov. It was a great fight. I mean, a, a great fight. Uh, on, I think it was the 11th. Jonathan's on here because I demanded he come on here. Yeah, it was a tremendous fight, man. Tremendous. All right, he fights at a different breed MMA, which is fitting because he's a different type of breed. Bang, bang. Hey, uh, I'm losing yes. into it. Yeah, that's cringy. I taught this morning, and I just found out my kid's class instructor's not feeling too good. Mikey. Okay. Jitsu. So I'm going to cover that class. It's one of these fucking days. I feel like an Avenger. Oh, I thought you were going to say you didn't feel well or you were worried you were going to get sick. You're just going to have to cover it. Nah, Jimmy, it's what I do. I do. You didn't that. even notice my spray tan, Matt. I got a spray tan for you. Did you really? Are you doing a movie, Jimmy? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm doing something, but I just figured I would get a spray tan. And you got a nice tight jujitsu haircut. It's very tight to your head. I do that because I'm going gray. Like I, I'm already fat and mushy. I don't need to look gray and old too so i try to keep it nice and tight to that i'm gonna do what you do anyway i'm gonna get rid of it <clears throat> completely i'm just gonna completely cut it all off I, i'm sick of it my hair sucks you know what i've been doing lately jimmy is i have this little mirror like this little mirror that they probably have in jail like these little things and and like like you and i put it in my steam shower and i shave my head while i steam i sit down and i and i just woo, and then when i and then when i get out you can do the you quick test. I heard you typing, Jimmy. You know, just yes. You do the you do the quick. Uh, oh, I forgot. When I have this set up, you can hear if I type. So I'll be quiet. Thank you. That's okay, Jimmy. I'm just letting you know. But uh, yeah. back no, to no, my, I'm glad you said that. Back to my bald head. It's not that exciting. We got Jeremy. You know, Jeremy Piven. Not only uh, he was also in the movie Judgment Night. I didn't see that. Oh, I liked it as a kid. I liked it. It was like a bunch of he was he paid a, a douchebag, but uh, did he? They rent a uh, RV. Him and his buddies Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooden Jr. and they uh, and they they go into like Detroit to go see like a ball game, and then the their RV breaks down, and then they're like, "Oh, this is Judgment Night." They got to get Wait, out. What year was that, Matt? Oh yeah, eight uh, ninety three. All right, yeah, three man. I was a I was a nineteen year old young Matty S going in saying, "What if my RV broke down and I had to get back home?" I didn't say he, that. He but would, I was just thinking that. Well, but that's what makes a horror movie scary. What if that happened to me? How would I handle that? I would have handled it like Emilio Estevez or Cuba Gooding Jr. At one point, he had a pipe and he's in the sewer. He goes, "Did you ever want to see how you?" 
you, you, you dealt with combat, how you be in combat or something like that. But it's like, oh, yeah. Cuba. Yeah, Cuba Gooden. Um, he was also in Heat. I don't, he played the guy that I think Dr. Bob. I love when really established actors have these roles that they do. Like they're in a movie and they had a smaller part before they became tremendously famous. Uh, he was also on Seinfeld. Um, I don't know how many episodes he was in. If it was just one episode where he played a, a, another version of George Costanza, it was a great scene. The scene I saw. I, I didn't know this. I didn't know that Jeremy Piven's older sister, Shira, has been married to well-known director Adam McKay since 1999. You say, yo, bro-in-law, how about Anchorman 3? Why don't you give me a fucking bone? He doesn't need it, though. Jeremy's not like us. He actually has a real acting career. I would be bothering Adam McKay for work. But, you know, Jeremy Piven's a, like a legit, really good actor with a really good career. He doesn't need that. I, I need that. But he interviewed, he interviewed Michael Chandler for one of his podcasts. He did, yeah. He has a podcast. <laughs> did you know that? I did, yeah. He's a good cast in this Sweetwater movie, too, which is what he's promoting today. Um, I'm a, I love Richard Dreyfus. Kevin Pollack is a friend of mine. He plays a, uh, a basketball coach. It's a true story. Uh, we can ask him about it. He plays a basketball coach? Isn't he my height? Well, the coach doesn't have to be tall. The coach isn't shooting. I've got to be tall in jiu-jitsu. Well, back in those back in those days too, they were not as tall. Back in the days of the guy he's playing, they're probably a lot shorter anyway. Well, as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about being short. Yeah, that is a good point. You know, him versus Bruce Lee, they had the same size on the floor. When he had him in that fucking rear naked, it was almost like a bulldog joke, but it was like a rear naked. You don't remember that? Game of death, motherfucker! I've seen Game of Death. I remember Game of Death. Times, man, give it the times. Those times are a while ago. Kareem is so interesting, too, because you don't meet many guys that actually trained with Bruce Lee. Like, you really don't meet a lot of guys that interacted with Bruce Lee. Yeah, because they're most um, likely dead. He should be joining us shortly, Jeremy. He does stand-up, too. I've never worked with him. But he, he tours, he does stand-up. Has he done the stand-up before he did the comic, did the acting? Or did he – he's always been a funny guy. He's from uh, – I guess uh, Evansville, I think, in the – I don't know how far – or maybe Illinois – I wonder if he did any type of like improv acting because Chicago is very big for improv acting. Um, I think in San Francisco, they have uh, the groundlings are in San Francisco. There's a few really big improv um, uh, troops, I guess. I wonder if he did, if he worked with any of them. Improv acting is really hard. What's up, What's up boys? Hey, What's buddy. going on, man? How nice are you? you? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I it's, I feel like I, I I know both of you, for you know, Jim for different reasons than Matt Sarah. That's for sure. You watch the fights, Jeremy. I I watch the fights. I was stupid enough to train with Rashad Evans back in the day, um, because smack him around. All, what's that? Smack him around a little bit. You know, I have to be honest with you. Um, attempting to take him down was the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. It's he he's he is as solid as they come. How long did you train for? Was it was it something you like you trained actively for a while or did you just kind of play around with it a little bit? You know, I I had dabbled in Muay Thai for a while and um and then I was just boxing and then what happens is when you're a dummy like me, you don't roll your shoulders properly and then you tear off your super splenatus because you're a slave to your ego and you're throwing power punches when you don't need to. So, um, you know, I started grappling with Rashad because he's a buddy of mine. And I, my God, I mean, it's just, that's one of the reasons I love the game is because I have a perspective because I know what these guys, these guys with the sacrifice they have to make and the level that they play on is frightening. Yeah, it is weird when you see guys like I've never trained actively for like a, a teeny bit, but nothing to even speak about. But when you re when you realize how strong these guys are, I I've had guys do things to me in studio and I've interviewed them just to see what it feels like. And you're like, yeah. I am I am only I only walk around safely because certain men are deciding not to kick my ass. Like you realize how helpless you would be if guys like that wanted to do damage. They could do damage. It really is humbling. You're right. But those guys in Mac can attest to this. 
those guys are are the sweetest because they're trained yep. killers. And they have nothing to prove. Jimmy calls me a sweet boy at least once every episode, and I shy away. I do. Like, yeah. Some of us can be a little sweet, you know. Sometimes we're yeah, sad. Was, sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy. No, no. See, I was reading about uh, Sweetwater is the name of the film. Uh, yeah. and, is that? And I was looking at some of the cat. I love Richard Dreyfus. I love anything Richard Dreyfus does. What, who is he in the film? And uh, had you worked with him before? I had worked with him years ago, and I'm I, as as you are. I'm a huge fan of him, and he's really back in this film. He crushes it, and he plays Podoloff, who is was the commissioner of the NBA at the time. Uh, I play uh, Joe Lapchick, who was the coach of the New York Knicks in 1950, and he basically poaches Nat Sweetwater Clifton from the Globetrotters into the Knicks, breaks the color barrier. Uh, Nat Sweetwater Clifton becomes the Jackie Robinson of the NBA, and it's a story we don't know. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, so he was one of the first black players? And you the took first him black player, right? And, the, and first. Very, the very first? And you took him from the Globetrotters? Yeah. That's that is that's wild in its own right there. That's 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 crazy. Isn't it funny with the Globetrotters too? Like, because I saw them when I was a kid. Everybody liked Meadowlark Lemon and Curly Neal uh, and, and all those guys. But you forget, like, yeah, those guys are, are probably NBA level players. Most of them to be able to to do what they're doing. Um, most of them could play in the NBA or, or right below where you need to be to play in the NBA. I didn't realize the first black player actually came from the Globetrotters. Um, Will Chamberlain came from the Globetrotters. So Did it really? It, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, you're absolutely right. The skill level has to be so high, but you know, can they transition? And this is a great true story. Uh, Everett Osborne plays Sweetwater Clifton, and he was playing professionally overseas, and he's a brilliant, brilliant actor. And it's the best actor athlete performance I've ever seen in my life, by far. Oh shit! When is this coming out, and where? April 14th, only in theaters everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't even, look, it's been, it's been a while since we've had a, I think, a good sports movie. I mean, you remember Hoosiers and Moneyball. Uh, This is one of those films, you know, I'm I'm just, you know, I, I, when I was reading the script, I thought I get to play a guy with a heart who's passionate about the right thing. Count me in. Um, I played a couple of douchebags in my life. And so now it's a, it's a great, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's great to play a guy with a huge heart. I find acting to be much harder and much scarier than stand up. Like, because with stand up, when it's not going well, I have the freedom to address it and to kind of make it what I need it to be to, to, to like, like, like for, it's a bad crowd or if I'm just bad, sometimes I can ruin all of our nights and that's satisfying to me. Or I can shift gears or I can just tell the crowd how much this stinks. Being in a scene and it's not going well or I'm not connected, I find me much more terrifying um, than, than, uh, than stand-up. I, I, I feel with stand-up I can always do something to salvage it for myself and it's just me. But in, you have responsibility to other people when you're acting as well. Uh, I, I just think acting is a lot harder. Well, listen, I'll give, I'll give you a little perspective on how hard stand-up is. So I, I've been on stage since I was eight years old, and that's you know many many decades, right? <laughs> so and I also come from a background in sketch comedy. I started with Chris Farley in Chicago in the touring company of Second City, uh, you know, in the '90s, a million years ago, right? So and I've been improvising and writing, you know, my own dialogue and blah blah. blah. Now smash cut to 2017 when I started touring, right? Which for Jim, he's laughing at me like I'm a baby because he's been doing it for. 30 years or whatever you've been doing yeah. it, right so my point is getting up on stage as a stand-up when i'm used to a big you know i got up at the laugh factory for the first time and it's a small stage and you feel pinned in and you're up against the wall and it's terrifying yeah. terrifying and so i i have my bearings as an actor but to navigate the material um and to and to stick the landing and to be present but also ahead of yourself in terms of what you're transitioning into is insanely hard. So for me, I think it's all a matter of perspective. It took me, you know, 200 to 250 shows a year just to get my sea legs and be able to navigate a set. Um, 
but you know i know all the tricks of when you're an act when you're an actor and you have those moments like you said where you don't feel connected and you're not in the scene you got to use that you use everything oh shit i'm i you're bombing in the scene connect with that but also relocate yourself because it's all about locating yourself in the scene who is this person to me what's the status of all these people you know all these different variables that you can lock into as an actor, you have everything that's written. As a stand-up, if it's not going well and you start doubting yourself, as you know, Jim, it's a slippery fucking slope, man. It's awkward. I also think, too, being coming into stand-up as an established public person is also hard because, like, when, like when I started, nobody had any expectations of me. Um, I was just this local idiot going up but when you're known and people look at you i almost feel like it's more pressure for a guy who's already famous like people are like okay and they, and they either want you to do well or they want you to do poorly but like chris rock will go on stage to the seller and he'll say being famous buys you about five minutes and then people want uh you to be good I, I always feel like when i see guys who are established actors or other things going on stage it just seems so terrifying to me, like, because people have, oh, I know you, and now I expect something from you, as opposed to the anonymity I was able to enjoy for a long time as I got decent. Somebody who's already famous can't enjoy that anonymity for a while. So everybody watches and judges every single move. So I think the fact that you stuck with it is very impressive because you, you made it through all that stuff or any type of critique people would give you that any new comic would go through. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I also, listen, Jim, I hear everything. So, like, as I'm walking on stage, I hear a, another comic say, anyone thinks they could do stand-up now, this fucking guy. You know, and I hear that, and it, it inspires me. That's inspiring to me. Because I know you guys have worked hard for these spots. And some actor dummy coming in and taking your spots is not welcomed. So, so it's my job, believe me, Matt, if I sucked... Jim would know because it would be hysterical because everyone would be talking about it. But the fact that it's radio silent means that I'm doing okay. That's hysterical. Now yeah. you're, you know, you're feeling uh, judged. You're feeling judged oh, totally. by some of these comedians. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. you know, it's so funny. They're putting, you know what? That's almost, it, it could be where, you know, I bust my ass. I'm fighting in the cage, getting some, getting marked up a little bit, you know, my jaw clicks. Also, Jeremy wants to put the gloves on. I might be like, yo, what the fuck, man? He's all into you. Like CM Punk. The guy's into you. Yeah. Well, that's different, though, because no offense, CM Punk couldn't really fight. If you're funny, and I like CM Punk. He's a nice guy. But that was almost like that, but it's as if he could fight. So you're if you're, you're funny, so you're, you're, you're carrying your weight. But these other guys are looking at it like, man, we're in trenches. That guy was on. We're looking to get the fucking movies. We're looking to get a sick guy. This motherfucker. I've been watching him since Judgment Night. And, and now entourage that fuck. Now it's almost like you they feel like you're you're dipping their your toes into their pool. You can is anybody anybody been nice to you? Has anybody been out of the ordinary being like, look, I'm yeah. or no? Uh D DL Hughley okay. embraced me. Um you know, certain guys, and I I remember everyone. By the way, I respect the space that you occupy when you stand up. I grew up watching Richard Pryor and all those guys, and I love it. So when I don't run the light, I know, you know what I mean. I, I take advantage right. of my time during there. So so comics they they get it that I'm taking this seriously. But guys like DL were were incredibly who is like Jim that he's been around. He's been around, and he's he's a great great comic. And just having guys like that say. You're doing your thing, man. Craig Robinson, guys like that. Um, no white guys. You know? <laughs> it's tough. funny, too, because I never begrudge an actor doing stand-up only because we've been trying to invade actors' jobs for, for decades. Like, stand-up's ah. job is to get a sitcom. You want the gig. You want the movie. Uh, Jim Carrey was a stand-up. I mean, go, go all the way back. So I, I don't think we're in any position to be mad that an actor is doing stand-up when stand-ups have been doing acting work uh, forever. So, I, you know, I, I, don't, I never mind seeing it. Well, I mean, that would be logical, what you're saying. But the reality is also there's a reason why you can't name, other than Robin Williams, anyone that's been prolific as an actor that has successfully transitioned into stand-up because it takes time. 
a lot of yeah. It, it does, and there's a lot of bad, there's a lot of bad actors and a lot of bad comics too, which I enjoy both. By the way, I love watching somebody bomb. I really do because I, especially if it's somebody I respect and I like, like a guy I know is funny to watch how they navigate it, um, is interesting. Like, do they snap at the audience? Like Colin Quinn, I've you know I've known Colin for 25 years, and if I see him having a bad set in the cellar, he always navigates it in a certain way. He always he he, he doesn't panic and he doesn't blame the crowd like he does so many things right that i would do wrong so it's really interesting to watch a guy who i know is great having an off night and still handling it well it's like yeah there's still a lot of work i need to do a lot of improving chappelle said to me if you're not going to be funny at least be interesting and Mm -hmm. um i feel like colin quinn is always interesting and he's not for everyone right and so you know i could see how that could happen to him you um it's funny you did the, the improv um when you were in heat who did you play in heat I, went, I meant to ask you that in the beginning of the interview and i forgot i played the doctor i you know that was one of my 40 movies before i did entourage that you know i would just get these cameos and just try to make the most of it and then if the director didn't yell cut i would just kind of keep improvising and talking and i would just take a scrap and make a meal out of it i won the uh, fresh face of the year award at 37 years old. And I said, there's nothing fresh about my face. Thank you. <laughs> who's, who's your scene with? I, it's been a long time since I've seen Heat. Uh, a guy named Robert De Niro. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with Oh, it was with De Niro, Austin, De yeah, yeah. Yeah. How was, how was that when, when you first, like, I mean, again, cause you were already a seasoned actor by then, but do you feel differently when you work with someone like that or no? I, I wouldn't call myself seasoned. I mean, you know, I, I've been on stage my whole life when you when you go when you're doing a scene with De Niro, it's it's you know he's the goat, and it would be like a journeyman NBA player posting up against Jordan, and so you're terrified. But I'm I'm was delusional enough. I knew that if I was firing at all cylinders, that I could that I could contribute, and then I could make something out of this role and craft it right. into something that wasn't fully there. So you know. He he takes the shirt off my back, literally, and the scene's supposed to end, and they don't yell cut. And he goes, you know, give me your shirt. And I go, um, and they don't yell cut. And I was like, but, but my my daughter gave me this shirt. And he goes, fuck you. And um, then he just kept saying, you know, fuck you. And to have De Niro say fuck you was the greatest moment of my life. So I just keep <laughs> throwing shit at him and navigating, and I had a blast. And, you know, so I have a little a little moment in history, but you just keep putting those together and something's going to break through. Yep. Did you ever regret, cause I know you left Larry Sanders after two years and a lot of times people just, they don't want to do the role anymore. Did you ever do something like that and go, fuck, I wish I hadn't, or did you think, no, it was the right time and you're glad you did? Um, that was another case where that was my first job out of college. And that was arguably one of the greatest shows ever on television. And <laughs> yeah. it, that show, you know, basically um, ignited original programming at HBO and nothing like it. Um, so I knew how good it was, but I got offered the lead in PCU, which was this politically correct university, a great comedy that 11 people saw. So uh, in retrospect, uh, maybe I didn't make the right decision, but it, it was it was a my battery is running low. So what? I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, that show will, will live on forever. But uh, what happens is when when you're the last guy on the bench, which is what I was on the Larry Sanders show, I was playing the head writer. And I thought it'd be funny to play the head comedy writer and, and to play a guy who wasn't funny and lived in terror of being, you know, basically exposed. And that's kind of the character I played. But once I said, I have to go, you guys, will you let me go to do this film? They wrote me this incredible episode that, that was my exit. So that was a blast. The only thing that I did, my only point of concentration while I was doing that show was to not literally break and start laughing whenever Jeffrey Tambor opened his mouth. Because he's a genius. The, the, he's the fucking. Hey now. I've loved him since and Justice for All and the Ropers. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jeffrey Tambor is awesome. And that's such an, an interesting thing, too. The funny guy, the, the, the writer who writes funny but isn't like a funny person the fear of being exposed 
that really creates a monster. Like, because then people who are afraid of being exposed as not being funny when they're around comedy get very aggressive sometimes and they get very, very, uh, uh, they're very hypersensitive because they're always terrorized, like an imposter syndrome type thing. Yeah, exactly. So you've got a few of those in your life, Jim? Is that what you're saying? Sure, in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've met so, a lot of people like that over the years, and it's always been interesting. And for, for a long time, I didn't know what it was. But then as you get older, you're like, oh, that's probably what that is. That person is afraid of of uh, of being exposed. Interesting. Um, it's interesting because I... How did you guys, how did you guys link up? Because it's just this interesting couple. <laughs> Me and Jimmy? Well, you know what it yeah. was, Jeremy? I was uh, camping. I'm one of the few guys to say I was camping with Dana White. I do a show called Dana White Looking for a Fight where we look for of course. So me and Dana are in the woods and he told me about this podcast for the UFC. I wasn't really interested. But then he mentioned Jimmy. And I always got along with Jimmy because I used to do the old Opie and Anthony show when I was fighting to promote my fights. So I'd right. see Jimmy, and then I'd see Jimmy in Vegas a couple of times and at fights. So we always got along. So I go, all right, I'll entertain that. Six years later, me and my little bird, look at us. Look at us. Jimmy, do it back. I'm, I'm, I don't want to embarrass you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this thing worked out somehow, you know? That's, ama that's amazing. I, I want to ask about your podcast, though, because you have one, yeah. and you interviewed a, uh, a studly, stocky fighter named Michael Chandler. Yeah. Tell me about your podcast. Is that... Is that a weekly thing or is that? Um, it, it was a weekly thing. And then I, I ended up going to Slovakia to do this film and I broke eight ribs uh, doing a, a fight sequence. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure, Matt, you've broken ribs. No, 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 but haven't. I have not. I have not, but I've seen it and there's nothing you could do for it. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. So I broke I broke eight ribs. Um, I'm going to come back on this podcast and talk about that film because I've been putting it together for 12 years and it's, it's basically my dream project. And Ooh. Jeremy just disappeared. I, here's what probably happened. He said he was running out of batteries. I'm going to assume that he just ran out of batteries. Normally I tell you not to assume, but in this case, Jimmy, we lost the great Jeremy. Yep. And that, I know, and he was wrapping. He had to wrap up anyway because his rep said he had another interview. Okay. But um, just let him know, Jake, that we didn't hang up on him. Um, and it was a very funny uh, ending. Let's promote his project anyway because he was a great guest. Yeah. Um, it is called uh, Sweetwater, and let me. Get, it, it's about the first black player in the NBA. It is a true story. Um, he plays the coach of the Knicks at the time, and it's in theaters only. And he's a great actor, so go and support that. It's a really interesting story. I had no idea Will Chamberlain played for the uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Matt, can you hold on? Because I'm about to piss my sweatpants. Let's pause real quick, yeah, okay? Jimmy. I'll be right back, buddy. Hold on air. Let's get some ratings. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's your, what's your, uh, what's your plans, Jimmy? What you got going on? I'm, I'm away because I'm, I was a part of the Burt Kreischer roast, which is premiering April 1st. It's on a streaming OnlyFans TV streaming. They're trying like uh, OnlyFans TV and it's free. So you can, you can watch it for nothing on April 1st. And it was actually a killer roast. Like it was really good. And we uh, doing the premiere tonight and Whitney has been so good to me that she asked me to come. So I came and I also went down to do kill Tony. I was in Rogan's new club for kill Tony. 
you can go to Kill Tony's YouTube and watch that. It was fucking great. Where it's uh, it was myself and Whitney and Bert, and you get all of these uh, young comics that go up. And they get a one minute thing and then we joke with them afterwards. And Hinchcliffe is a great fucking host. He's a really, really uh, funny dude. So go check it out on YouTube. It was a great episode. And uh, I'm just, I'm happy to be invited to anything. So I come to things I'm invited to. I don't feel too hot, Jimmy. You probably need a little something, a little something in your stomach. Who's he saying? Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. That was a tremendous fight. The fact that Jonathan Martinez survived that first round. Um, and in the end, the, the beginning of the third round, if you remember the fight, uh, Nurmagomedov had a great beginning. He hit him in a body lock in the third. And uh, Jonathan Martinez is, is a very tough, uh, very tough guy to, uh, to finish. Jimmy, I don't think I'm teaching tonight. Well, yeah, stay home if you don't feel I good. Don't feel too good. Who could? I'm thinking, who can we have teach? You want to come? Teach I mean, I'm not capable of doing it. Let's get back yeah. to the MMA news. I think our producers, right? Yeah. Now. What's is now? Is Jonathan coming in? We're all over the place today. I'm on the road. Jeremy was great, by the way. Uh, thanks to Jeremy. He's a very fun guy to interview. I've never interviewed him before, so hopefully he'll come back when he has more time or he plugs his computer in. Man, I hope there's not a bug going around, man. You know? Well, you said somebody else is sick, right? Yeah, my 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 kids' class teacher. No, I'm not feeling hot. Um, by the way, Matt, we did not address the fact that Paulo Costa is, uh, very close to finalizing a new multi-fight contract with the UFC. Um, he said he wants to fight Shemaev. They had a, a run in or something like that. Cause Shemaev's going up to middleweight. He won't fight welterweight anymore. What do you think about that? That's, and again, Costa's is a great fighter. That's a really tough fight. Uh, Shemaev, depending on how he does at 185. Shemaev versus who again? Paulo Costa. I, hey, man, Paul Acosta's got to get in there. All he does is talk about the secret juice. He plays these games. I like him. I think he's funny. I, I think, you know, but he's got he's to get in there and put an ass whipping on somebody. I don't know. Yeah, Strickland, too. He's 57 years old. He looks good. Yeah, he looks great. Um, also, uh, Sean Strickland, Acosta uh, would be a great fight. Um, he's up for it. Sean Strickland? Yeah, man, he's up for anything. Yeah, he'd fight a warehouse if you put it in front of him. He's just one of those guys that likes to fight. Like, I, I think he genuinely enjoys uh, physical conflict. And um, have they announced a date yet, Matt, or our producers for Connor against Chandler? Has that been anything about that or no? Nah. Do we know anything more about that? I haven't heard shit about when that is. I told you, I have so much respect for Connor. For, and again, you know, Connor's a great fighter. Uh, and Chandler is just such a bull. Why do you have his wrestling Connor again? That's a tough fight for Connor. I think, I think again, Connor's a very skilled guy. He fought Nate twice. I mean, he's fought guys. He fought Khabib. He see, he does seem like he does not pick and choose easy opponents. I mean, I'll say that for Connor. He's not afraid of fighting a guy who, on paper, does not look great. But I, I think that's a a better matchup for Chandler because of the wrestling. You know what's funny, man? I was listening to uh, Chael Sonnen, who I like. I love Chael, yeah. You know? Uh, and dude, but this is where I, this is where I disagree with him. And I think he's being, I think he's being very silly and maybe just trying to be on, um, on, uh, Connor's good side or some shit. Did he, he badmouth your co-host? Oh, okay, good. No, no, but he goes like this. He goes like this. Uh, he goes, Connor, I was so impressed because there he is with his legs shattered and to him say, your wife's in my DMs. He's not breaking character. Wrong, Chael Sonnen. What the fuck are you talking about, gangster? What are you down, Chael? What the fuck are you talking about? He didn't break character because he's being a douchebag because he's being the way he normally is. His fucking legs shattered. You think when he gets backstage, he's going to be like, hey, hey, good, we got that. We're selling him for that fucking trilogy fight. No, motherfucker. He's fucking being honest, trying to be... Just fucking slimy and say some dirty shit to somebody's wife. That's not being in character. That's just being having a lack of fucking character. And the truth, the cage, listen, I know Chael, he practices all his fucking WWE lines and shit, and he did it fucking money. Chael's good. The whole shit. Chael was better than anybody. 
It's not like Chael had a broken shin and he's on the floor going, tell your wife I like it medium rare about the steak with Anderson Silva. He's funny. I like it well done. Like he, he was saying stuff that was pretty funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And rehearsed. But don't be sitting there saying Connor's some great. Wow, he doesn't break the fourth wall. Yeah, please. Are you crazy, dude? That's just the way he is. That's who he is. Just the fuck who he Maybe is. You, you might be right. That might be no, who he really is. Yeah. Right. I'm not, I don't, okay. I'm not, I'm not being like, oh, tell me he's a great actor. And that's him saying, that's him not breaking character. What the fuck are you talking about, Chael? He, he might even... Chael might even be saying that at least, like, for instance, Connor is who he is. I think you're right. He probably really is like that. So he is who he is, and that's how he behaves, at least with Connor. Like, with the thing with Chael, too. With Chael, it never felt forced. And with Connor, it doesn't feel forced. Like, you could hate Connor and go, he's a dickhead, but it doesn't feel forced. And I think he's, my guess is that he's commenting on people who feel forced and do it, that it feels like, oh, this is just you making a pretend. Like, there's almost more respect for a guy who really feels that way and is that way than a guy who just puts on that hat. Yeah, but you're just being a like a dirtbag. You're just being like, not you. You're a good guy. But to say something about somebody, oh, your wife's in my DMs. No, dude, you're showing You even know who said it the best? Fucking Dustin Poirier, man. He's like, you see him over there? He's just trash. Like, I mean, you know, that the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. Everybody thinks like I hate Connor, but it's like, yo, man, you fucking, he's, listen, very good fighter and very good on the mic. You know, and it's fine. Sometimes and he does take him. fights. He does take fights that are hard matchups for him, which I respect because a lot, you know, he's not picking and choosing. Michael Chandler is a big fight, but Michael Chandler is not a, a great fight for Connor. I, I always thought, again, I've yapped about it enough. I'll shut up. Gaethje Connors, the fight, Matt. How many years since we started this fucking podcast? That's the fight I've been wanting to see was Gaethje against Connor. Um, but he takes he took Habib, not that he had a choice, Habib was champion, but he still, I mean, he, he fought him he, and, and, he, and he fought Nate twice. Uh, after having tapped the first time, he wanted to go back and fight him again. After he fought Poirier, won, wins the first one, loses the second one, wants to come back and fight him again. So there's something about Connor's character with that that I really respect. Uh, the fact that he does not run away from a guy who he thinks has a shot at beating him. Um, you know, so I think that there's something, even if that makes him an asshole, I do think there's something about it that's real. So maybe that's what Chael admires, that at least he's being who he is. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Do you hear us, Jonathan Martinez? Oh, yes, now I do. Sorry. I'll try to think. Hey, man. Okay. Congratulations on your fight the other day. Holy shit, was that wild. Yeah. That was. Did you, you feel like you were going in there as the underdog? Because you didn't, you, and you, man, you look cool as a cucumber. Yeah, I'm always calm. I, I don't really get nervous. I just, I pretty much get more nervous at these interviews right now. Really? Yeah, like out there, like I don't know, because you know how you were in the back. Like I was just there laying down, you know. The guy, the other guy, once it was my turn to get up. Get up. I kind of get sleepy in the back, so I'm kind of like tired. Just I don't really. I go real calm in there. Everybody, Jonathan, for a fight, you know. So some people are chill. You seem like you're nice and relaxed. They have to maybe wake you up when there's a fight or two before. Is that you? Do they? Yeah, that's right. That's great, man. 
That's good. The, the fight against uh, Nervo Gamero, that first round, I mean, he was really looked good in that first round. I was so impressed that you were able to survive that. And the second round, you were great. And in the third, he had such a strong start, I thought, to the third. Was it the third round that I'm remembering where you looked like you either slipped or got knocked down? Was that the third round? Yeah, that was third round. Now that the fight is over and you have, you know, all three cards had you 29, 28, did you slip or did he knock you down? Uh, I know it was a slip. Yeah, because uh, cause he's real long, so I kind of didn't want to get punched. So when I kick, I seen it go, so I, I kind of threw myself back. Yeah, but it was in a it was in a knockdown. He tried. And how tight throw- was that? Oh, sorry, Matt. No, no, I was going to say how how tight was that body lock that he had you in the third? Uh, it was pretty tight, but I was kind of calm because uh, I was in those positions all this fight camp, so I wasn't really worrying about it. I just I just kept looking up at the time, so I was like, man, I need to hurry up and get yeah. back up. And- I love when he was doing a it was like a judo throw on you, and. It's one of those things where you knew you were fighting it at the beginning, and then it's a point where you knew you were just going to go. So if you tried to fight it, it would have been bad. So you went with it and did like a handspring. It was fucking awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Proud of it. I, I love when I see stuff like that. I'm by myself. I go, that's what I did. I don't want to make it weird. That's a little weird. But I got very excited. Jonathan, you don't see that shit every day. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, I, I just go with it. Like I go with it. Like even like if they try to like judo toss or whatever, I go with it. I, I, what is that? It's like a wrestling move. You know how when they try to grab that single leg and they roll with it. So I kind of mix it up the same and other things when I get thrown and stuff like that. Because I got Yusuf Salah, so he yeah. does that a lot. So anyway, I go with it all the time. Woo! That there was one poetry. Poetry. One moment. One moment. And again. I don't remember what round it was in, but you had him up against the cage and he was trying to lock his foot around your calf, I think. And what was it your coach said? Don't let him table that. Was that the expression he used? I, I was just hearing your, like he was warning you to move your knee out so he couldn't lock his foot around your calf. And I think, I guess, I guess throw you down. Is that what he said? Did I hear that right? Yeah, he was telling me about that and then keep my hand in, on my head in the inside because he's really good at those guillotines and all this stuff. So there's a couple of times I would put my head on the side and he just a little cozy. You know, I need that head inside, you know, or, or like prayer, you know, those he wanted me to work those elbows in there because we knew he stand real tall. So we worked on those elbows a lot. So and they worked fine. Wait, when did you start training and where? I know you're at, at a different breed. Wait, where did you start? Yeah, training? I started training and I still trained uh, here in uh and Texas and stuff. I actually just about opened my gym in a couple of weeks. Nice. You know, you know, so I already have everything I mean, going because it's pretty much I'm like the coach here. You know what I mean? So it, it's been like that for years. So I was like, I might as well just open my own gym. And, you know, I have the wrestling coaches. I have, you know, the jitsu, the striking coach. So so I'm about to do all that. Tell me about your school. What is going on with that? Is it a is it for all walks of life? Yeah, so it's pretty much gonna be like more like MMA sound stuff. It's gonna have like kickboxing and all that, but I kind of want like mixed martial arts just because I stay in a little town. So there's pretty much not much things to do here. So a lot of guys just want to fight, you know, like they want to get in there. So that's pretty much the way I started here. I was always getting in trouble in school. So my dad put me in Taekwondo. And I remember the first time I I thought I was like kind of like this little gangster that I was really good. I would fight with my hands down, everything. I actually have those videos still. And I, and I like try to fight and I got beat up and I told my dad I didn't want to go no more. He said, I don't want to go no more. He said, no, you're going to go until you straighten up. So I started doing Taekwondo there and then I did it for a year and then I stopped and then I went back to MMA gym and I was kind of acting the same way. And then I remember we paid $50 for the month and then I got beat up bad. And I told my girl, I ain't going no more because at that time she was on working. I was like, I paid for the whole month. So you're going to stay the whole month in there. So from there, I just pretty much just liked it. Good thing. You when speak. did that finally change? What finally happened where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm getting beaten up here, but this is, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to stop going. Like what, what actually clicked for you that, that made you stop thinking about possibly not returning? I just think I just started seeing a lot. Of, I started watching, a, well, I was a big fan of uh, GSP. So, you know, I just watched his videos and just a lot of things and, I just want to be, uh, I was always that, that guy in school that I'll act like kind of like 
this big and bad that yeah my parents let me do whatever but in reality i had a, i had a bedtime at nine o'clock i had to be in bed so at 8 30 i had to have everything ready and be in bed already but i would tell these kids like yeah well, my parents let me stay up at two three in the morning but it wasn't really it wasn't really nothing like that what do you like to do we like to get to know the fighters a little bit what do you like to do when you're not fighting and you're not working on your new school are you a big book guy you read you hike what do you like to do your hobbies i uh, i spend time a lot with my family and then i kind of we usually go uh dancing so it's like a lot of mexican Ooh. dancing and stuff like that so i like doing stuff like that you could dance are you a good dancer are you good uh, I feel like I'm, but just Mexican, like, you know, like in part of spinning people around, that's, I'm good at that. I find it terrifying. Like dancing is scary as shit to me because I'm always so afraid I'm going to be embarrassed or I'm not going to do it well. You're comfortable doing it or do you just do it because you like it? Uh, I'm comfortable. So my girl was teaching me because she didn't want me to be one of those guys because back in the day I was one of those guys just standing there. That's and I think girls all go dance and we just stand there and I thought I looked cool. And now I dance and I see the other guy just standing there. I'm like, man, you don't want to dance? Like, he's like, nah, it's good. So they just stand there. So I don't want to do that. Oh, Jimmy, that's good, Jimmy. I just kind of, yeah. like, I do like this. Look, look, look. <laughs> Is that cool or no? Not yeah. really. I can't really dance, though. I'm, I got flat feet. Okay. I disagree. Jimmy, Jimmy what about you? Now, what's. Jonathan, I suck. I know I suck, so I don't do it. I, I slow dance a little bit. What's what's next for you? Who do you have your eye on next? Or what would you like to see, see uh, uh, be the next step? Because, uh, you know, you, it was an incredible uh, fight, and you looked really good, and you were very composed in the fight, too. I think that's the thing I was most impressed with, was the fact there was a couple of times he had you in chokes uh, in the first, and again, that body lock in the third. Um, and it looked really bad at one point. Uh, I thought he had gotten under the neck, but apparently not. And you would, they just could talk about how calm you were and how well you handled that. Yeah, I always stay real calm. It doesn't matter if I'm rock or no position. I try to stay calm and just try to get out of it. Because I feel a lot of guys, they beat each other by pressure. You know what I mean? Like, they see this crowd. Oh, you're fighting this guy. You know, like, everybody's talking about him. So I'm kind of calm. You know, I don't, if I get clear, I know I just got to stay calm, you know, and get back in there. So I feel real you, comfortable being in there. In the third, you had him pressed up against the cage, and they kept saying, he, the, the Jonathan has to create some space. He's got to get away from him. And I was wondering, but then they gave a stat where you had land, outlanded him like 17 to 1 or whatever with, with just shots in the clinch. Is that why you were staying in the clinch? Were you, were you actually doing a decent amount of damage in the clinch, and you were like, you didn't want to give him the chance to uh, have some space? So the thing was, we were working a lot, like, because everybody kind of knows my style. You just got to pressure Martinez, he'll block. You know, it's not obvious. It's like, you pressure him, he's going to go back. So this time I work something different. I'm going to be the pressure guy, and I'm going to keep him in the cage. So, you know, I feel like I'm really good at changing it up and fighting different compared to other fighters. That if they're in one mentality, that's what they're going to do, just shoot, shoot, shoot. So I try to mix it up every fight camp. I try to do different things. Because when I train, I pretty much work a lot of my wrestling and jiu-jitsu. I like wrestling. I'm not a wrestler, but I like to uh, do wrestling all the time. That's exhausting. Yeah, so who's on your radar for next? Do you have a person that you're looking towards? I think you're number 14 now, right? You cracked the top 15? Yes, sir. I wanted Dominic, but I, I guess he's matched against Cody and stuff. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that they're, they're, mad they're having a rematch, him and Cody Garbrandt. Oh. That's very interesting. That's, I think that's weird because he wasn't even ranked, and he just got the – it took me a long time to fight a ranked opponent, you know, and then this guy just getting there. I guess he's a ex-champ, but – you know, Figgy, you know, I would like to fight Figgy. You're on a tear, though, bro. Cups yeah. Now, just what you did to Sayed. I mean, geez. Good for you, bro. It's so exciting. I can't wait to see what's next for you, man. But yeah. you, you're healthy. You want to get in there pretty soon. Yeah, I told my manager I want to get in there like in July or so. Shit, man. Fight week. For, for fight week, yeah, in Vegas. Well, Jonathan, look, we appreciate it. And congrats on what it was a tremendous fight. And uh, again, the composure you showed in some really tough spots um, and, and the ability. I mean, he, he was throwing some beautiful spinning kicks and he landed a few of them. And you just it was incredible, your ability to absorb that and, and keep fighting. So that was an impressive win, man. You looked really, really good and a very tough decision. Yeah, we worked on a lot of because I had Chris Gutierrez, you know, saw so those spin kicks, you know, I know he would be the perfect there. And then you said the, he's the same height. So, yeah, I had all these guys there that 
we worked every every day. So to me, when I'm at the, at camp and even when I'm not training, I love to train. You know what I mean? Like I train, train. My coach tells me, "Hey, we'll take a day off." And I'll be like, "Yeah, I'll take Sunday off, but I won't take Sunday off." You know, I'll say I will, but I pretty much I just go run, do something. Do something. It's great that you're um you're opening this academy, this school, your your your, your gym. Uh, I was. In the UFC, my first few fights, I opened up my first storefront. Here I am now, 20 years later. I taught the morning class today. I'm going back to teach the kids. Jonathan, you enjoy what you do, which you enjoy, the training. You never have to really work a day in your life. You got it figured out, kid, and I'm excited for you. And I'm happy for you. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you again, man. Thank you, Jonathan, and, and good luck. And please come back when you when you know who your next opponent is or exactly when, uh, because uh, you know eighteen and four, cracked the top fifteen. So I'm sure we'll be seeing a great matchup for you next. You can ask. Yes, sir. Thank All you, right, buddy. Right. Pl- pleasure. Congratulations, man. Thank you. What a nice guy. Nice guy, and they, and that fight was really really good. I was I couldn't believe he made it out of that first round. That was just really impressive. Brought the heat, man. Some would say they even call him Mr. Fahrenheit, faster than the speed of light. And that's our show, everybody. Listen, I want to say thank you for listening. Oh, Jimmy's back. He's back. Jimmy, of course, I'm back. Plug? What do you want to plug? Uh, here's what I want to plug. Uh, the Bert Kreischer Roast airs. Obviously, I'm not at the Fat Black Pussycat tonight. Uh, for The Bert Kreischer Roast airs April 1st on uh, OnlyFans TV. It's streaming for free. You can watch it. And it's really funny. I, I hate watching things I'm in. But uh, this one I'm really proud of. And um, Kill Tony was a great episode. I did Kill Tony. Uh, go to Kill Tony's YouTube. You can watch that. It was a lot of fun. And go to JimNorton.com to see me in Cleveland or uh, Pennsylvania or New Jersey uh, coming up. SarahBJJ.com, I, uh, Matt SarahBJJ on Instagram. I also do cameos, which I always see, and I go, oh, that one, that, that's expired. Like, I got to do that. I, I, <laughs> I suck at that. But, Jimmy, safe travels, my little bird, and I'll see you next week. See you soon, buddy. Thanks a lot. Bye, everybody. Yeah, bye. Cramping. Feel better. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.